You're listening to WRUU LP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org, Savannah Soundings, Community Radio with Global Soul. Hey, what's up? You're listening to Bring It In, and I'm your host, Glenn Pierce. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bring It In Show for all your sports questions and comments. The viewpoints expressed in the following program are not necessarily those of WRUU, its license holder, or its staff. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Bring It In. It's Monday morning, and we're coming to you live from the WRUULP Savannah, Georgia Studios, 107.5 FM, coming here. And it is Super Bowl week. I mean, here at the Bring It In show, I don't know, you guys know how big into football we are, and this week... It comes down to tell us who is the best team. We got the Eagles going up against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have been there. They've done it. I mean, we all know how good Patrick Mahomes is. But, man, the Eagles just look like they cannot be stopped this year. And, I mean, for such a strong team in the Eagles to be going up against the classic Chiefs, which, I mean, they're a young team, but I still feel like they're the classic now. I mean, they've been there for a couple years. They've been good, I mean, pretty much since they put that ball in Mahomes' hand. And, I mean, here you got it. A classic battle. Philadelphia City that's ingrained in their sports against Kansas City. I I didn't grow up near Kansas City, so I can't tell you how they compare, but I mean Philadelphia's no joke. A couple weeks ago they had a night game and all the fans they weren't starting tailgating until the end or until five o'clock or so. Only giving them a couple hours, maybe two or three hours to tailgate before the uh, Sunday night football game. Well, the Philly fans go out and they all bought tickets to a lacrosse game right next to the stadium so they could just go to that parking lot and, I mean, tailgate. And, you know, the lacrosse team... Even though everybody bought their tickets and didn't go into the stadium, hey, they still sold tickets, so it's it's got to be good for for both teams, the fans, the lacrosse team. But this weekend we had the Pro Bowl going on, which, I mean, you're going to hear all kinds of good, bad about the Pro Bowl. I hear a lot of people hating on the Pro Bowl right now with 
it turning into a flag football game. What's going on, Kels? Kels joining us. Maybe. So we got we got people people mad about how the the Pro Bowls turned into more of an event, more fun. Um but but these guys didn't want to hit hard before. I mean, no matter what, when we come to an all-star game in football at the highest level, there's nothing else for these guys to prove um, except maybe Derek Carr. Because I heard if Derek Carr ended up getting injured in the Pro Bowl, then the Raiders were still going to be on the hook for filling the rest of his salary, which is... A little funny thing. I mean, all he had to do was go down. I mean, he didn't even really have to get hurt. He just had to convince people that he was hurt, and Derek Carr would have gotten a little more money from the Raiders. But that didn't uh, that didn't take place. But Kels, did you watch any of the uh, Pro Bowl Pro Bowl festivities? Anything like that yesterday? I, mean, I watched the highlights. You watched the highlights? I watched, um, yeah, I know it was like flag football, and then like skills competition. Yeah, I saw I saw like trampoline, and the two brothers was it the, throwing the ball up and catching it after the trampoline, and then the um, uh, Saint Browns were yeah yeah, yeah the Saint Browns. Browns both, both Mannings were the coaches of each side, which I don't think anyone was shocked about. No, I mean it was it was fun. It was um it was almost like a a practice style uh flag football game because I mean coaches are going out into the uh huddle to come up with the plays and draw up plays and stuff like that. And I mean everybody was having fun. I mean Tyreek Hill got to play a little defense. Um I know, I know Diggs from Dallas, and I'm trying to remember who else. Uh, another defensive player that they were trying to play offense, but I didn't. I didn't catch it all. Um, so they broke the flag football game up into three separate games to give different people uh, their chances to play and whatnot. Because I mean, it's flag football, but. It, I mean, I, I wasn't invested in it like a normal week of football, but I had it on. I was paying attention to it a little bit. I mean, it's, it's the Pro Bowl. The, the thing that I'm happy about are the fact that, like, skills competitions have come back. Um, and just the little games to see, I mean... You go and watch a bunch of football players play dodgeball. I mean, you and I can go out and play dodgeball right now. So, I mean, it's a little more relatable than you seeing. I mean, the best the best catch you have Stefan Diggs jumping up off a trampoline and and trying to catch two fo- footballs at the same time. Yeah, we're not doing that, but I mean, 
you never you you never know when you're watching these i mean it's it's just for entertainment and these guys most of them had great seasons and they're just they're just enjoying the last little bit of their football season i mean you guys complained when it was an actual football game and nobody hit and now they've they've adjusted to flag football which is starting to become an extremely popular sport in the country, especially on the, um, I mean, around here, girls flag football is exploding right now. In the past three years in this little corner of Savannah, yeah, I've, I've gone from seeing like a little interest in it to almost every single football or high school down here has a girls flag football team and I think the past two state champions come from Savannah so it's it's getting huge here so I think it's cool to show off a little a little trickery a little fun and I mean there were still I mean Jalen Ramsey shoulder checked Tyree Kelb pretty hard out of bounds but i mean i'm i'm not hating on it as much as people would be hating on the past pro bowl when guys were just torching down the field and scoring uh huge getting huge bombs i mean things like that are still happening but I, it's it's lighting up people that's all I gotta say about that. Light and Pro up. Bowl, man. I know. It's the Pro Bowl. Not the Super Bowl. It's the Pro Bowl. Yeah, not the Super Bowl at all. But man, I had goosebumps on last night's uh the late night game, Kells. Did you watch that? Mm, the uh, basketball or No, no. ESPN was it was a Ravens game. It was a whole Ravens documentary on the 2000 Bullies of Baltimore. I did see a little piece of that. I thought that was uh, just me clicking on the wrong thing. I didn't know that was just on ESPN. Oh, it was on ESPN. You can find it on like Hulu now and things like that. It's uh, the newest 30 for 30 ESPN production. And... um, Bullies of Baltimore. Yeah, the Bullies of Baltimore. The 2000 Ravens defense that only gave up 165 points throughout their 16-game season. They went on to win the Super Bowl, being the only defense ever to have a shutout in the uh, Super Bowl. Now, the team didn't get the shutout because the Giants were able to run a kickoff return back, but they did not, they weren't able to score on that Ravens uh, defense. And some people talk about like a bend but don't break defense. I don't even know if this defense bent much. It's like they bent like twice in a season. This is a, a football team. For the people who haven't seen it, but you will go and watch it because it's an amazing documentary. Um, But a team that had an offense that didn't score for 
five games. Five games. The offense didn't score. But the defense kept them around. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, it it was good to say the least. And they filmed it last year. Um, and it they filmed it just in time, because the main star of this is the goose Tony Saragusa, and. I I believe it was one or two months after the filming of this, Tony Saragusa passed away. Uh, so it it was good to get that. I mean, he looked good and he was vibrant. He was joking around. I mean, he he told a story about in the uh, playoffs when the Ravens played the Raiders after the game he bumped into Al Davis maybe a little bit on purpose he bumped into Al Davis because before Tony Saragusa was going into Oakland to and I may have called him Vegas I don't know uh he was going to Oakland to Sign a contract with the Raiders. And when he went to sign it, Al Davis had knocked the contract down by $50,000. And uh, the goose caught him in the tunnel and he said, You know, I hope you're happy that you saved that uh, $50,000 because it just cost you a Super Bowl. <laughs> Shannon Sharp, Tony Saragusa, the two biggest trash talkers on that team. On a on a defense that man that is just shut out after shut out. So get some time, go out, watch it. I mean, they, they go down. Obviously, obviously for me. They go down as the best defense ever. I, I'm sure that I was, I was hoping D- Jamie was going to be here today because I, I just want to hear his thoughts on it because I know there are other defenses out there that want to claim the top. I mean, they're definitely – I don't know if you can find anybody who wouldn't put that 2000s Ravens defense – in the top three defenses. I can't, I can't, because even as a Ravens fan, I can think of two other defenses that have had an tremendous uh, seasons, have tremendous seasons. And so I know there, I know there are multiple defenses, but if we're talking, and you know anything about football, there's no way you would not have that 2000s Ravens defense as in your top three. I mean, I, I ask anybody listening to give us a call, to hit us up in the chat pod, 912-712-5077. Let, us, let me know if you wouldn't put them in your top three. I got to know. I got to know. 
I gotta know who's crazy out there. <laughs> I mean, you get a 30 for 30, it's kind of speaks for itself and it, it's like if you like football I guess everybody knows about that defense they're definitely one of the best of all time if not the best of all time yeah I mean we'll, we'll see uh... I know a lot of people I, I wasn't around for it, but a lot of people talk about one year the Bears in the 80s or something yeah. Had some crazy had some crazy defense. But I didn't really start following following football until about, you know, late nineties. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that was that was one of the craziest defenses. That that, that was Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and all, all them guys. Well, it was a them, uh right? it was one one uh it was the season before every got there. Oh, okay. He was still okay. he was still wrecking shop in University of Miami, Miami at that time. That's right, because he didn't come out until oh one or something. Yeah. That's right, you said the two thousand. But either way, that kinda like put the, the Ravens on the map big time because I feel like I feel like you guys always have a pretty good defense. Yeah, ever ever since that, they've they've. I mean, that's been the. That's been the identity, of the Ravens. Yeah, I. I got a quick, uh. List pulled up, um, here, but, it's got number one. They say is the nineteen eighty five Chicago Bears, um. But that brings me back to something that just popped in my head about that Ravens defense. Playing, uh, do you remember a running back, Corey Dillon, from the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm not sure if I remember him. It's, I mean, he was the Bengals' uh, running back at that point. Um, he... He quit playing during that game. He went out there. He he just wouldn't go back out. Um, On the sideline, there's video of his coach yelling at him, telling him to go back out. His helmet's off, and he just won't go back out. And he goes and sits down on the bench. And some of his teammates come over consoling him like, hey, I'm – I'm sorry, man. Like, I think I think that game it was the. Uh, I think the Bengals got like 85, 85 yards on the Ravens that game, but that that had. Uh, I mean, that team was filled with. I mean, Ray Lewis was was definitely making a name for him at that point, but Jamal Lewis was. Carrying the ball, Shannon Sharp, Tony Saragusa, um, Quadri Ishmael, Trent Dilfer obviously got the game uh, or got the call to be the quarterback halfway through the season, knowing, hey, you're just don't mess anything up. Uh, Rob Woodson coming there to be 
a little bit of the um the vet to kind of keep these guys calm and focused but yeah it's crazy man i i didn't realize that this defense was before Suggs and reed that's a that's that's impressive yeah i mean that's the kind of stuff that uh went that that's the kind of um that that team helped influence guys like Reed and Suggs, I feel like. And uh I mean they in their division they were they were ranked second at the end of the season because the Tennessee Titans had their their number, but supposedly the Tennessee Titans also had Trent Dilfer's uh playbook. So <laughs> there's been some some people admitting to that but back then i mean i don't know if you remember this but i mean we got the afc central then tennessee titans baltimore ravens pittsburgh steelers jacksonville jaguars cincinnati Bengals, and cleveland browns the browns only had 13 or three wins that season shocker huh yeah <laughs> not surprised at that I bet Jacksonville had five or four yeah I'm trying to might be, might be being too generous I, in that many they had seven the Bengals oh. the Bengals had four oh. Steelers had nine nine wins that year yeah I mean But yeah, I mean that's like, like you said, that's the only really other defense that you can compare them to is the, like you said, the '85 Bears. Yeah. And, you know, '85 Bears, 2000 Ravens. Those are the only two defenses I ever hear people talking about from the past. Yeah. And you gotta think that was, shoot, 2000 was what, 23 years back, and '85. I mean that's. Yeah, I that. mean, Almost it's double that. And if there are people are still talking about you, that that right there and making 30 for 30s. Yeah. I mean, it's Which, four shutouts that season. And that's, that's it's hard to get a shutout in the NFL. With the field goal kickers and yeah, the star power. That's four shutouts. It's amazing. Only 160 something points. I think you said all year. Yeah, 165 <laughs> points. Insane. Now who's I I wonder how if it's if I can find this out when we uh go to commercial break. Who has the least amount of points scored on them this year? And how many points is that? So Yeah. Check that out in a second. But yeah. Everybody, get out there, check it out. It's uh, it's great. Yeah, I'm trying to see. That that defense only gave up 970 rushing yards. Uh, for that season. Six. That's that's an average of 60. Yards 
per game. That's crazy. I mean, that front seven, that front seven in the 2000 team is insane. 49 turnovers, 23 interceptions. hundred and eighty eight uh points including the playoffs. So I mean it was a stacked team. It was a great watch. Uh they had up there on the stage they had Rob Woodson, I think. I'm trying to remember real quick. Uh, Tony Saragusa, Ray Lewis, um, Brian Billick, Jamal Lewis, and that might be, and Shannon Sharp. I mean, if you're going to have people talking, you're going to bring Shannon Sharp over. I mean, he's been doing it. He's been doing it forever. And, I mean, it was tough, too. It was tough for me to watch this because the Grammys were on last night, so I was trying to watch some performances on the Grammys. And uh, so I was bouncing from room to room. Uh, the Grammys had a awesome uh, montage for the 50th anniversary of hip-hop out there. I mean, anybody... Almost anybody that from hip hop's past, like I'm saying, I'm saying 95 and earlier. I mean, maybe even name a hip hop artist between, and you're going to name the one or the two or three that were not on there, probably, but, um, Name a hip-hop artist between, from 2000 back. Let's play, let's play a game. I want to see if you can name five hip-hop artists and see if all five of them that you name off were in this montage. Okay. From 2000 and back? From 2000 and back. And I will say there were... Two big names that were not there. So that's my little yeah. hint. Two big names that were not in this music montage from 2000 back. So you got, I mean, you got Ice Cube. You yeah, got... Ice Cube. He was one of the big names that wasn't in there. Okay. So think mm -hmm. if, if Ice Cube's not uh, performing, maybe some of his buddies aren't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sh I'm just naming my five. I'm sure Snoop was out there. Yeah, I don't think Snoop was. Uh, Snoop, wa Snoop wasn't either. You said 2000 and before, right? Yeah, 2000 and before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say Snoop. Snoop wasn't there. I, I really, uh, I can't remember. I mean, he was at the Grammys. That's why it's so hard yeah. for me to remember if he was actually in this montage. I'm trying uh, to think. Dr. It. Dr. Dre. He Dr. was at Dre the Grammys. There. He got the biggest. He got. He won the Grammys, but he wasn't okay. in this montage. 
It's like they left yeah. the West Coast out, maybe, because they were all partying in the green yeah. room with Dr. Dre. Right. Um, let's see. Who else would have? Who else would have been out there? All kinds of people. Yeah, I mean, there were, tons. There uh, were probably like twenty people at least. I'm sure was Nas out there. Nas wasn't. the no. the big The biggest names weren't, but I mean, all these people were pretty big at times. Well, I mean, and some of them couldn't be there because of physically not being on the planet anymore. Like, yeah. there's a lot of names that are coming into my head that you know are not no longer with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just guys that I like. I'm going to say, who was the biggest name there that performed in this montage? It's hard. They're all about the same, I'd say. But we had people like uh, Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes. Salt and yeah, Pepper. Nelly yeah, jumps in. No, Lil' Kim wasn't there. Um, Grandmaster Flash. Um, Run DMC. Minus Jam Master J. Um, Method Man up there. Man, it, the list goes the list goes on and on. It was seriously like performer after performer and they're cycling through everybody. Um, just giving a big a big shout out to the fifty years that Hip hop's been out there, so it was uh, it was awesome. I thought absolutely. Just just being somebody uh, who grew up listening to a bunch of these people. I mean, Big Boy was I mean, there. I the Locks. I'm 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 pulling people up now. Missy Elliott. They had DJ Jazzy oh, Jeff oh, yeah. up on the stage. Public Enemy, Queen Latifah, Rakim, Rakim, Ra- okay. Rakim and Rahim. Uh, Too Short, Swiss Beats. Oh, they had Too Short out there. Scarface. Scarface too. Okay. Yeah. Grandmaster, Melly Mel, The Furious Five. I mean, they they were they were reaching out. They had Lil Uzi Vert jumped up on stage. I I don't know if he was playing. I didn't see him performing, but he was up there at the very end. And uh, Lil Baby, they threw him in there too to perform. But it was uh. It was cool. I mean, the locks get up there. They do a little thing with Swiss Beats uh, flying the Rough Riders flag up on stage. So DMX would be proud. Yeah. I mean, it was it was awesome to, like I said, I was bouncing back and forth trying to. Uh, I didn't. I stopped bouncing when that came on and just sat there and watched it. So that was that was awesome. But we'll. Uh, We'll get to a little local news happening around town and talk Super Bowl 
when we get back from this uh, short station break. And you are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And this is The Bring It In Show. Senior Citizens Incorporated is looking for volunteer Meals on Wheels drivers. A few hours each week will connect some of our area's most vulnerable residents with nutritious food and a regular knock on the door. For more information, contact Laura at 912-964-5411. You are listening to WRUU, your radio station for people just like you, hosted by people from your community. The voices you hear are your neighbors, coworkers, and others from Savannah and the Lowcountry. Hence, WRUU is your community radio station. Please help us by donating whatever you can to help your neighbors and friends stay on the air. Go to WRUU.org and support your local radio station. Any amount is welcomed. Thank you for your support of your community radio station, WRUU. I'm Dave Lake. Join me for great progressive, straight ahead, and classic jazz on Jazz Brunch. Noon to 2 p.m. on Mondays, 11 to 2 p.m. on Tuesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. on Wednesdays, and 11 to 1 p.m. on Thursdays. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Sentient Bean. Sentient Bean has been serving fair trade coffee, thoughtfully sourced food, and other items to the community since 2001. They offer curbside pickup, delivery, and online ordering as well. They are open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily and are located at 13 East Park Avenue on the south side of Forsyth Park. More information can be found at sentientbean.com. And we're back. You're listening to The Bringing In Show on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5. You guys always give us a call at 912-712-5077. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you're not checking us out on Facebook Live, you can watch us and be here hanging out with us and man before we get started into Super Bowl coverage and I totally lose track of all time in the entire day I want to let people know today you can uh go down to I mean let me bring it up because it's it's I don't have everything written down but Today, the staff and players will be at Starland Yard at 5 p.m. for the Savannah Clovers. So go to the meetup today at Starland Yard. I know, I'm not sure what players are going to be there because I heard that later on this week they were going to drop an announcement for who their goalkeeper is. Um, I'm not sure if this is a sneak peek. Like, hey, you come in you, to the meet and greet and you get 
a little bonus. Like you get to know who the goalkeeper is before. So we're sitting there waiting. Um, we do know they haven't released a schedule yet, but we do know the first game is going to be on April 1st. And trust me, guys, it's not a big April Fool's joke. April 1st, Memorial Stadium, we're going to have our first professional soccer game in the city of Savannah. It's going to be awesome. Savannah Clovers. Like I said, today, 5 o'clock at Starlin' Yard, the Clovers are having a meet-up with coaches. They've been announcing coaches and members of their staff for the past two to three weeks. They've had a couple interviews out there with uh, Coach David Proctor. And, um, yeah, they're, they're steamrolling ahead and getting ready. Getting ready for their first season in Nisa. Also, the Savannah Falcons, they're, they're right around. They have their first game of the season at the end of this month. February 25th, you keep your ear here because we will be giving away two tickets to the Savannah Falcons' first game, their home opener. There's some some scheduling conflicts, so their home opener is actually going to be played in Hardyville. It's not too far away, but... Keep uh keep listening to us because we will have two tickets to give away live on radio. So make sure you're writing down that number, 912-712-5077. Man, and I mean before before anything else, we, we got the uh best of Savannah. The voting went live. I know we're talking to you guys about it the past couple weeks. That was nominations. The voting is live now. Unfortunately, the Bring It In show didn't make it to the second round of the uh, voting. But as always, your favorite talk radio station, WRUU, has made it. And the Savannah Falcons have made it to the next round of the... Uh, best local team so go over there vote for your favorites and man my favorite my favorite new show this week is uh welcome to Wrexham anybody who doesn't know what that is uh Wrexham's uh professional soccer team on the fifth level of um on the fifth level of English soccer, as people keep texting me, ding, 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 texting me. It's a, you guys know I'm on the radio right now, right? You guys do. Um, <laughs> uh, so they uh, they've been bought a couple years ago by Ryan Reynolds and Ma- Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny and. Philadelphia and they've been building this team up and they're doing really well their season ends April May around then I believe and 
at the moment they're first in their league. They are looking, I mean, they're hoping to get promoted. The winner of this league gets promoted to the next level of uh, English soccer. And then the top, the next top seven go into a tournament and whoever wins that tournament is the second team that gets promoted. So they're looking good. Like they should be able to get promoted. Uh, last week they actually had, I think it was last week. They had a game against Sheffield United in the FA cup and the FA cup is all English soccer teams from all levels playing in a tournament. And they actually, I believe they finished the game 3-3. So they, they're they looking decent to go up against Sheffield United again and hopefully get on to the next level of that. So uh, so that's, that's on Hulu. So go check that out. You can watch live. Well, not live, but you can watch as... as Two Americans invest heavily into one of the oldest sports franchises in the world. This is the third oldest soccer team in the world. The oldest in Wales. And I believe they have the oldest stadium which they're starting to renovate some parts of it because some parts of it weren't able to be used anymore. So they're they're bringing it back to their glory. And it's this small town in Wales. And uh, it's these guys have, are... It, it seems from the outside that they're doing a good thing by this uh, town, this soccer club, and everything like that. But... Every year that they don't make, uh, every year they don't get promoted, the team essentially loses a million and a half dollars. Because I mean, their their goal is to get promoted. They got money. I mean, what's it called? Uh, McElhenney always jokes about how. Ryan Reynolds has the Deadpool money. He's like, "Hey, you're gonna. We need a new. We need the pitch redone. You, you're gonna need to film another uh, Deadpool money, so <laughs> we can afford it <laughs> without breaking the bank." But, um, so so they were able to get a coach to drop down two leagues. And it's like one of the best lower level coaches in soccer. He's promoted, he's gotten teams to be promoted like three times, which I don't know if any other team, any other coach has done that. Um, and they've gotten some players that maybe should be playing in like the second or third level of English soccer. They brought them down to their so, so they're paying a lot. But if they get promoted, they'll get bonuses and stuff like that. So it'll it'll equal out. But it's cool to see them go in there and I mean, because we we hear about like Le, LeBron invests with Liverpool, 
But I mean, LeBron just gave all, gave his money to the Red the Red Sox uh, sports group and was like, "Here's this money. I want shares of Liverpool," and that's a done deal. These two guys bought like a team that was almost failing. The owner, the previous owner, had sold the stadium to another company that he had so he could split the team and the stadium apart because he was they say he was planning on ripping the stadium down and selling that real estate so i mean for for the town the community like how they get around these teams there it seems like they're doing a good thing for that whole area and that soccer club. So it's been it's been a fun watch. So I, I recommend everybody go out there. What hasn't been a fun watch for me, and I don't even want to talk about this very long, but the drama of Kyrie Irving. Going to the Mavs, I got two questions, and like I said, I really don't want to focus on it too much, Kells. Um, One, Kyrie to the Mavs. Are the Mavs better? What was that? I said offensively, yes. But I don't think it fills the hole that you're deep. You're just not playing good defense. With that, when you're saying offensively, yes. Do you think Luca will continue to do what he's done, and with Kyrie there now? Oh yeah, because it's the it's two of the best ISO guys on the same team. So it's pretty much like when Luca wants to clear out, it's going to be like clear out for me. Kind of like how the Rockets were with, with during the Harden days. Okay. When he used to try and clear people out, you're just going to see either Luca clearing people out. And then Kyrie, I mean, it's like you said, there's been so much drama. And he doesn't even play as many games as he used to. So, I mean, if he actually comes in there and, you know, plays point guard or superstar point guard, then they do get better efficiently as far as taking a little load off of Lucas' back. But I, I just don't see how it helps your defense any. Yeah. Because mm. they lost – didn't they lose uh, Dorian Finney-Smith in the trade? Uh, Possibly. Yeah, I think – I think. Who was it? It was something. Dinwiddie, who – Dinwiddie and somebody. Yeah, I like Dinwiddie. And supposedly the Nets are already looking to trade him. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. That's... Yeah. But so, I mean, so like I said, I mean, it 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 improves you short term and offensively, but I don't see it <clears throat> getting you over the hump. I don't uh, see that trade making a difference. And then, uh, how long? How long until you think Kyrie's outside thought process starts to destroy the Mavs. Well, here's the beauty of where he landed. The Mavs always 
seem like they either, you know, destroy themselves or they, they catch fire. Like, I mean, last year, I didn't see them winning that game seven. Yeah. Against against the Suns. You know? Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? They could go on a run, a good healthy run with Kyrie, and there'd be no drama, and I still don't see them getting over the hump. Honestly, I think the Nets won in the trade future-wise. Yeah, I was going to ask you if if get, the Nets getting, are better now. Getting out now. of the drama. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he went to a great spot because there's always a little bit of drama around the Mavs and how nobody helps Luka. So now you got a guy who loves the ball in his hand, loves shooting tons of times a game. You know, if they, if they gel, it could be dangerous, but it's still, are you guys playing defense? Yeah. That's that's like, my question. Yeah, if they gel, it could be de- dangerous, but I mean, I haven't seen Kyrie gel in it seems like 10 years that I haven't seen him Cleveland. gel. Yeah, so, and I mean, he was he was barely gelling there, it felt like. I mean, he wanted he he was on the verge of starting to be the the drama seeking Kyrie at at that point. And that's why I feel like once they won and I mean then he he was ready he he was ready to turn his back out. Like he's like, alright. And I can do this kind of stuff on my own, but yeah, I I I think it's like you said. I think the Nets won because now they're just free of Kyrie Irving. I think the Mavs lost because now they got Kyrie Irving, and I just don't know how he's gonna work. I I just don't see him as a locker room player anywhere in the league anymore i mean he's he's definitely his own person and he's not gonna he's not gonna adjust anything because of what anybody's saying so i i think it's a uh bad move on the mavs but i mean we we will see and I just I I don't know if anybody I I was surprised at how many teams wanted them, but nobody like they wanted them. But did they really want them? Did the Suns really want them? Offering CP three like, I mean, did the Lakers really want them? Offering Westbrook like, let's be real. That was the that was the only one that made sense to me. Him going to the Lakers. Yes, because Lakers fans and the inconsistency with who Westbrook used to be and who he is now, yeah, that really doesn't hurt you. It really doesn't change much, except if they do make the playoffs. Now you got LeBron and Kyrie, and that that heat up would have actually made a difference because those yeah. two guys, I mean, they came back one three on a Warriors dynasty that I don't think anybody else. But those two guys on that team, the way they were playing that year you know, could have done it. Yeah. And so that was the only spot I liked him was the Lakers because there's already drama in L.A. It's L.A. Yeah, I mean, that's always, always going to be. There's always going to be drama in L.A. It's yeah. perfect. 
Hollywood. But I feel like the Lakers front office didn't want him, mm. and that's why they offer they lowballed the offer, and they're like, ah, we we don't want Westbrook, but we brought him in for LeBron, and we really don't want this guy, but we're we'll we'll deal with it if we can get Westbrook out of here. So yeah. I think that's where we're at. And they could have probably got Westbrook out of there, but the Lakers handcuffed themselves with how much they paid Westbrook. Yeah. It's, it's, that, that, that would have been why it was good for me, for him to go to the Lakers, even if they don't even make the playoffs, is to get out of that contract with Westbrook. Like, you could have got a team to take that off your hands. I don't really think it would have mattered what you would have got. Yeah. You've been pay, paving your way for next season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Because they just paying that man too much money. Yeah. But, and and I saved it because we talked about it so long last week. But here we are, 10 minutes left of the show. We got a 50% matchup on this year's Super Bowl. Philadelphia Eagles only favored by one and a half points. I'm sure you're going to find books out there that have it even closer than that. Out in the... It's in uh, Vegas this year, isn't it? No, it's in Arizona. Phoenix. Phoenix. Arizona. It's in Not Phoenix. Somewhere. Arizona, for sure. I think the Pro Bowl was in Vegas this year. I think that's what I'm thinking. But I could be wrong there, too. Um so we got the Super Bowl going on. We talked about food before and I mean we're we're all locked in ready to go. The over unders at fifty. I it's it's tough for me to do this, but I'm still picking Philadelphia. We got two fourteen and three teams. Patrick Mahomes, we all know how lethal he can be. Uh, but that Philly team has just looked so good throughout the entire season. Uh, will Patrick Mahomes be limited with ankle soreness? I mean, he's had a whole week off now. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna be all up to the Philadelphia's. Uh, D-line, and I'm curious to see if that strong defensive line, how they can disrupt Travis Kelsey's uh, play, or if we're just going to see Kelsey on the side, like lined up as a receiver for most of the game bringing the younger tight ends to fulfill on the blocking because I feel like you're going to need a tight end but do you want do you want to limit your team by putting a blocking tight end in or would you would you rather have give Kelsey the responsibility of helping block that that D-line I mean, sometimes I feel like it it might be necessary. I mean, Kelsey's a pass catcher, yeah, but he's a big, strong guy too, nonetheless. 
it's going to be a good game, man. I uh, I got to go go with the Eagles because, I mean, we've been riding them for a while now. They're just flying high. But it's like you said, it's a one-point favorite or whatever it was. It's really another coin flip game. Yeah. But I just think uh, I think Philly's got the better better team on paper. We'll see who, who puts – it's more plays out there but I'm, I'm going with philly yeah i'm going with philly um i mean my first initial reaction is does does mahomes throw too many interceptions um but when you compare him to his touchdown to interception ratio it's i mean the ratio is like identical to jalen hurts so if they both throw a hundred passes then they'll both probably throw one pick um so that's where i was going there but that's it's it's tough i'm happy about it i'm happy that it's going to be a good game um with with the over under being at 50 kells what do you think about that And I mean, I see why they put it there, but the problem is, it's like, even if one of these teams runs away with it, you know, you know, which I don't see happening anyways. Yeah. But if they do, I feel like it'd be in the second half, and then it'd be something like twenty-one to, you know, thirty-eight or something like that. If if it was a runaway. Yeah. And if it's close, and if it's close, I see it being something like. 31 to 28 and I think both of those scores in my head are over so yeah I'm thinking like a a a 20 a 21 23 to like maybe like a 28 32 or something somewhere around there and I mean if I pick the low scores on both of those like you said I'm still getting over 50 so I I like the I like the over in this game. I mean, there are so many weapons on offense. I know defenses are good and defenses get you here, but there are so many weapons out there. Um But then again, in the playoffs, each team's only scored seven points on the Eagles. Yeah. That's probably where the the unders coming from. The yeah. 50. I mean, I see, like I said, I see it, but but it's a but it was a Giants team and a beat up Forty ers team yeah. as well. These, so these, these coaches are gonna adjust, and I I think it's gonna be a back and forth. Yeah. Throwing throwing haymakers, and we'll see. Yeah. We'll make sure you guys enjoy your Super Bowl week. Because you know we will. Thank you for listening. Remember, we're here every Monday, 11 a.m. to 12 o'clock noon. And always stay tuned to 107.5. You're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. WRUU.org, Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul.